0: Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode four of Cyclops is Waiting For Me and X-Men The animate. oh, I did it too, animated recap podcast. I'm Rod, I'm a musician, but more importantly, I'm middle-aged and woken up from a midday nap. So usually I'd blame my incoherence on just me and possibly being drunk, but I can't even do that anymore. I'm just really foggy right now and I'm in charge of this episode's breakdown, so this is gonna be fun.
1: And I'm JC, and at the time this episode goes live, I think it is in the last, like, three or four days of me being in my 30s. I think oh, oh. this posts right before my 40th birthday.
0: Okay, okay, so I've, I've seen you by then. Yeah, man. 40. Ain't no yep. joke. Knees. I, I recently re-listened to the Sunscreen song from the 90s.
1: That is the only reason our generation going into our 30s still looks like we're in our 20s. I saw a reel that popped up where it was essentially talking about how old the people on Cheers were when they made their debut on the show, and you look at how old they looked. Rhea Perlman was like 35 years old. Cliff, the the mailman, was also like 35, 36. He looked like he was 55. Like, I don't understand what was so different about the 80s to now, but I'm just gonna go with skincare, was very, very different.
0: Skincare care and also what is perceived as old, like evolves, you know, I think I saw someone talk about this. The reason they look the way they do is because that was like, the, you know, the style of the time when they were young and then it became old as they got older. And oh. I, think, I think the closest thing for us right now that we're seeing is and this is no hate because I have a lot of friends that are this guy. But like the guy that's my age you know, or our age that's going into their 40s or in their 40s that was like really into punk rock in like their 20s or teens and still uh-huh. dressed that way. I feel like that is the the old look now. You know, the guy wearing the skater clothes. I mean, I'm I'm in this age group so I don't completely know, but I don't see kids dressed like that now, you know. I can definitely see like the punk dad. Okay. You know, Interesting. Kind of look, it's and I wonder if that's I wonder if like Gen, if Gen Z if for some reason you're listening to this, do you look at that punk rock dad and be like Yep, old dude. <laughs>
1: we're not going to get Gen Z listening to this until we get to the Wolverine and the X Men series. This this series, we're still safe. Yeah, gotcha. this is still the millennial series. It's just the younger. <laughs> it's the younger millennial series.
0: Yeah, I actually mentioned to John before recording. My, I talked to my brother, who's five years younger than me, a couple days ago, and I was like, Peter, did you ever watch X Men Evolution? He's like, Oh yeah, man. Like it was a great follow up. And I was like, Yeah, that makes sense because he was still in high school, and I, you know, gone to college for music. So I just lost track of the world at that point. Right. And he confirmed what we suspected in our first episode where he said yeah, it was one of those shows where you know, geeks weren't really acceptable not except not like weren't popular.
1: Accepted. Yeah, accepted. yeah, accepted.
0: It, and it wasn't really popular at the time. So like I was a geek I love the comics so I watched it but I didn't talk about it to anybody. Okay, so that's pretty much what we suspected the first episode and you kind of confirmed that at least in our yep. circles. But he yep. said the same thing. Another friend that we have that's hopefully going to be on the show later on that they're like yeah we love this show so i i think it was well loved but in secret
1: (laughs) yeah interesting well cyclops is waiting for me is our weekly podcast series We're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode that we can find along with some various bonus episodes of things that maybe X-Men cartoons, maybe X-Men in other cartoons, maybe X-Men video games as soon as Rod can get his car working and come over to my house with the Retron. Our series first started with the original X-Men 92, the animated series, those aren't the right words in order, (laughs) building up to the release of X-Men 97, which as of right now, the rumors are pointing out are not going to be out later this year but actually early 2024 we don't know for sure those are just the rumor mill but since it's not here yet we need to find other stuff to go through and do
0: some quick reminders we're a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago there will be spoilers if you don't want to spoil for you pause the podcast watch the episode and come back we'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes which in this case we haven't seen anything beyond this episode yet so no worries there unless we're you know psychic and we're currently not sponsored or affiliated with marvel marvel animation disney or disney
1: plus in any way but if any of their competitors want to reach out all right we (laughs) shouted out paramount plus in the last episode who's the other competitor that we should be netflix if you want us to talk about your cartoons we're whores and we will do it (laughs) don't forget to follow us on social media at cyclops Pod on instagram tiktok twitter and facebook if you are following us you would have just seen by the time we're recording this we posted the final reel from the episode that came from Eric and Julia Leewald, who was the story director and writer for X-Men, the animated series. They joined us for the graduation day episode, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, there's a series of clips that you can watch. From
1: that. There's a Rod went crazy cutting clips. So if you want to support the show, we have affiliate links and all of our uploads. And because this is X-Men Evolution, we have stuff from X-Men 92. We have toys and I will find X-Men Evolution stuff don't watch it on Disney Plus if you don't want to support the mouse, just go and buy the episodes off of Amazon and still inadvertently support the mouse, but it also directly supports us. Yeah. Or click our link and then buy something else. Like That's know. true. <laughs> Amazon doesn't like when you say that, but they don't listen to this podcast. So yeah.
0: Or if they do, I'll be at VidCon. You can come talk to me about sponsorships.
1: Nope. Like you can nope. Are Litter- not- literally, this is in the past now, Rod. This is oh, no, coming God. out in July.
0: No, I have faith that Jeff Bezos already has a time machine, so. You have to <laughs> upload it, Rod. <laughs> Now onto the show. Today we're going to for be talking about sake. season one, episode four, titled "Mutant Crush," which is a little bit of a mean title. Now that the titles are actually starting to get coherent,
1: yeah, the from... first two episodes were not great titles. I don't, I don't think yeah. anybody can make the argument for those two, but now yeah. they're like, oh, okay, these work.
0: Then the last one works. This one's like a little bit mean-spirited, but we'll get into that. It aired November twenty-fifth, two thousand, and wow, like Thanksgiving, what a t- time to drop a episode, and currently sits at a six-point-nine star rating on IMDb. I guess that reflects
1: do you remember that the 25th landed on a thursday or are you just making assumptions oh i just i just i just meant like that week probably okay yeah okay got uh, it i was like like that's a very weird superpower to remember that (laughs) that'd be
0: my luck what day of the week was what if it was a thursday
1: there's no way it's not because every one of these has been seven days after the previous one it's got to be the saturday it is saturday okay good yeah <laughs> i forgot yeah we're talking about saturday morning cartoon i was like legitimately worried that you had some rain man shit going on and this is how i figured it out <laughs> this is my rogue moment cody no all <laughs> right we always say this
0: this even though this is the year 2000 this is basically a 90s show still at this point so
1: it opens up with a monster truck rally are they yep. still
0: a thing are yes they
1: be, okay they are so here's how i know there's still a thing my friends over at the podcast which recently ran its last episode called the comedy button mm-hmm. used to love going to what they referred to as truck fights which are ah. monster truck rallies so they you know they they said it was awesome don't go to it sober but it's amazing so they That's are funny. at least as of i want to say it was 2018 probably when they mm-hmm. went but I, I assume they're still going on, you know. I,
0: I never actually got to go to one, even though, as much as I wanted to, because we I know our generation knows those commercials like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, you had Bigfoot, you had yeah. Gravedigger,
1: you had Truckosaurus. Yeah, oh, Bigfoot. That's Foot- all I got. I Big only Foot- know those three.
0: Bigfoot had his own video game and was in Captain N in the Power Team or whatever. Not Power Team. Game uh, Master? Was it Game Master? It was basically the guy who had the Nintendo controller.
1: Yeah, Captain and N the
0: Game Master. master and he had Simon... From Castlevania and yep. Kid, Kid Cupid and stuff, and Bigfoot the truck, I think, was one of the characters. And just like, Kid I-
1: Icarus, Kid Icarus, sorry, Kid yes. Icarus. yeah.
0: And then Bigfoot talked like the car from like Knight Rider.
1: I remember Bigfoot. There was a toy set that they basically had a mold in the shape of a car, and they had printed aluminum foil, and you put the car on the or the tin foil on the mold, pushed it down, and then you would have a super thin car and then the bigfoot toy would drive over it and crush it
0: i remember that too holy cow yeah and then didn't they eventually take that thing and make it so you could like just make a bunch of different like little like cheap hot wheels basically because you just that
1: was like injection molding that was different this was literally (laughs) like No, you have tin foil, and then you put a thing in the shape of a car on top of the tin foil. Yeah, but I I
0: remember what you're talking about, and then that that whole monster truck thing kept evolving because they had one where like bear claws would come out of the tires. Yes,
1: yeah, right.
0: When you, like activated the not not in real life obviously but like the toy
1: yes i don't remember what that one was i know what i'm looking up after this hey guys from secret galaxy do an episode on that thing because right. <laughs> you hit everything else from my childhood <laughs>
0: anyway uh um,
1: monster truck rally, rally and in the x-men cartoon yeah it, and, which was at the texas state fair specifically oh, so this is where was, i got
0: last episode i was like are they in texas this is why i thought they were texas because they yep. saw the state designed for texas this was something that kind only happened like happened rarely in the monster truck rallies but every once in a while it did happen where they had like a star i guess like an evil knievel kind of person or something yeah and in this show it, they said fred dukes i don't know if that's actually his name in the comics and stuff but i, I did is. recognize that is his name okay i did yep. physically recognize the blob because even though he's supposed to be younger and stuff like they he's ha- he's got like an iconic vibe going on is more than just a big dude right i guess and, and, you know, this one, I feel like this is another like power-up from where we've known him before. He's always been sturdy and strong-ish and I-, I don't think I've ever seen him like you know, like basically arm wrestle with two monster trucks.
1: Right, because the the version that we would have seen in ninety-two was you attach two chains to him and they can't move him. Mm-hmm. This is he now has the strength to pull them back. Yeah. He reminded me kind of an enhanced version of, what was it, Billy Bob from Varsity Blues? Oh, I get you. Yeah. I never saw Varsity Blues, but I saw him. The same character that was. In Not Another, in another Teen, teen movie. movie? Yeah. Same yeah. actor and everything, yeah. <laughs> Which was he a similar name. I, it was not the exact one to one name, but he was the same character with yeah. essentially a double B name, so. Yeah.
0: It, it wasn't his character always getting concussions, like every
1: scene? Yep. They would end Yeah, with, he like, got like 12 hand- concussions throughout the course of the movie. <laughs> well, that's my headcanon for Blob for the rest of the show right. now.
0: And, well and and you know t- it's something similar blob in this so he's like the star and the badass but then after he m- smashes the trucks he like slips and falls and everyone laughs at him so you kind of get the sense that he's very insecure with himself which i guess plays to the teenage part where like you can be the biggest badass in town but like the one literal slip up you- it overrides all the you know well, cool stuff. because
1: he tried to show off like um, that's the thing yeah, is yeah. he he did everything he was supposed to and then he jumps up so he's like one foot on each of the like the back ends of the trucks and he yeah. loses his footing. And then you literally see, like, he starts turning red. So yeah. if he had not overdone it, he actually would have been fine and still been, like, applauded as the star and everything like that.
0: Yeah, it's like my friend Shani says, like, you're doing too much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's spot on.
0: Right. So we see that Mystique is in the audience.
1: As, so, as, as Principal Darkholm, Darkholm she's yeah. not in blue yeah. mode yeah. in Texas.
0: Yeah. Yo, you can imagine... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially current day tech. I mean, I know this is 2000. So imagine that like now. Anyway, um, I think
1: it's equally bad. I'm not going to yeah, lie. No, I think seriously.
0: either version equally bad because now it might be illegal to <laughs> be the way you are there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like blue skin or not or whatever, you know. Yeah. And then, but then we also reveal that some of the X-Men are there. At first glance, you just kind of see a couple people. So we don't know who everybody is there yet. I'm sure. That if I I'm pretty sure
1: it's just Wolverine green, and, Gene.
0: and Gene. Yeah, that's who I saw initially, but yep. it, it just was like a like, kind of quick pass through but you're like, "Oh, everybody's scouting in the sky out." And then we cut to like the I guess it's a green room or at least the backstage of uh, the
1: I would say it's rally. his his dressing room. Yeah. He's yeah, he's the he is the star of it, so yeah. and he's just
0: he, he's going berserk on the room because he's frustrated by, you know, getting laughed at. You can tell this is I wouldn't be surprised if later on in the show they show more of before <laughs> this time for him and seeing like a series of circumstances that led him to be super insecure about being laughed at but at the very least i guess you just get the sense that like since he's a large dude even before he had powers he's probably laughed at which is what i think made the double meaning of the title like little means like monster crush mutant crush (laughs) mutant crush not monster crush Crush.
1: monster crush different different series
0: yeah <laughs> you have to go to the other website for
1: that one the mutant crush because it's what, like, like rule 34 yeah yeah <laughs> do not google that yeah. <laughs> google that at your own risk we are not encouraging rule 34 searches on a private browser <laughs> Let's do that on your fucking tor browser <laughs> right and
0: uh, yeah, so, so it's like not only that as we'll see like blob eventually has a crush on someone but that he's a large character so we're, we're just kind of seeing like he's it's not just as one circumstance i feel like is he has a history of not being he doesn't like nobody likes being laughed at but he has like
1: some you know mis- he's gotten hit with it a lot in his is yeah. growing up and his experience yeah
0: and so mystique walks in to in the middle of this interrupts him and is kind of just goes straight for the cell you know, yeah she, she's like it doesn't have a- to be
1: this way abc a- B- man always be yeah. closing
0: yeah <laughs> she's so, she was the same sales school <laughs> yep yeah blob you know to his credit he was like what is another circus or yeah
1: show? i'm not going to the circus i think was his his exact phrasing which
0: is i i think another fading trope right of like the like the sideshows at circuses yeah.
1: and stuff the sideshow on venice beach i think finally closed down right at this point i
0: forgot about that i haven't been to that since i'm i think when i moved here i went and visited that thing but i forgot it was there i'm mean, I guessing
1: yeah so. been it, it been was i remember when i came out to la 10 years ago it was it was there, and it was a reality show on, like, I don't know, fucking A&E or something like yeah. that, but I, I don't think that that made it through the pandemic, so. Yeah. Or it closed even before then. But yeah, she she specifically points out that she knows a spot where his talent will be appreciated, and that's where he interprets of, like, oh, yeah, it's a fucking circus or a freak show or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Wolverine and Gene are walking down the hall, and Wolverine pretty quickly senses Mystique there. Which is once again just kind of stokes my curiosity. Like, what
1: is what their is history? their history? Yeah, yeah,
0: and also like, why did you let them go? Because <laughs> I'm just going to assume you let them go.
1: But yeah, so he sees and Fred closes the door on them, which tells me they gave up. Oh yeah,
0: that they just left. And yeah,
1: he. So I guess he sees
0: Fred, but did they?
1: i don't know if you recognize. show you show mystique closing the door
0: okay so they may not have seen her if she if, if i don't like
1: know the, little, the positioning of I it like is it. i think i think it was wolverine from his positioning saw it but it was unclear about gene because that's the mm-hmm. the part of it is like the wolverine of it all professor x but like it's not clear at least at this point if cyclops if nightcrawler if kitty or gene realize who is who like they like is xavier not telling them because he doesn't want them to be weird around her in the school like there's there's lots of stuff that's still unanswered and i i believe it's intentional that it's unanswered i don't think it's like bad writing or anything like that i think it's literally just they're laying the groundwork and it creates more intrigue of well why hasn't xavier told them because like we said, it's a shadier version of Xavier than what yeah. we're used to. So yeah,
0: it, it kind of stems from our, one of our first interactions where he was at the Him, football
1: game and he mind wiped the cop.
0: Yeah, but and, but also didn't tell Scott. Yeah, and he just said, "I saw it in the news," even though he was like physically there. Right. So yeah, but especially all I think that uh, also is affirmed by the this scene because, like you said, they just they leave apparently because the next thing we see. After the intro happens is Mystique is admitting Blob into the high school. Which, once again, like I said last episode, any kids picking up on at least different kids coming to the school? Because they're getting more and more like physically manifested. Lance was one thing. He could just be some kid from another school or whatever like we have rogue who's like physically many times paler than anyone else <laughs> at the school and also is covered from head to toe you know like can't touch anybody because of a skin condition now we have blob who is at least like eight foot or something right he's really uh, tall
1: he's he's very very big yes just purely from a height perspective he is outsizing people in his grade by yeah, far because
0: I don't know if this not that everything's to scale, but when he was mashing the monster trucks, like he was like not that much shorter than the monster truck. He might have even be taller the way they animated him. And then he's in the school with the high school kids and stuff. And he's like taller than the door frames and things.
1: Right. He's picking up people and he's physically picking them off the ground, like by more than a foot. And they're at eye level to him. So
0: <laughs> he gets his class schedule, which is still cracks me up that I, I love it. Cause this is the teen show or whatever, that even though they're being recruited to this like super villain team, Mystique is still principal. She's like, "Listen, well, you still gotta go to
1: class. Yeah. schedule." He also is like, I don't know if I could do school like it didn't work so well last time. And she's like, well, there are advantages to the fact that I am the principal.
0: And I guess they're they're keeping with the version of the blob that's like pretty dumb because he can't figure out how to read a schedule,
1: which is most versions of the blob historically. Yeah, Yeah, that part, I will say, is fairly consistent. And also,
0: I don't know how high school is now for kids, but not that he's smart or anything. At least by the time I got to college and stuff schedules could be pretty difficult to read depending on how they formatted them i remember in college like registering for my classes and i had physically to go between offices to register for classes to so get paper signed off and sometimes the courses would fill up by the time you know so it would be a full eight hour day of trying to register for classes
1: we did it all online man you you got fucked on that yeah. one. Oh yeah
0: no totally and what was weird was like we were partially online anyway i think it was just one of the things that hadn't been upgraded yet but even though without that, depending on how records win and stuff, it might be kind of difficult to read your schedule, especially if you had my high school had like flex scheduling. Sometimes different days would be different schedules. So right. To his credit, it may have actually been a little bit more challenging than normal, especially if you didn't do good high school before. And he he like grabs like the he's kind of he goes into full bully mode. He yep. grabs
1: like the first kid, who which we find out is Duncan. Yeah, Duncan from the first episode. The yep the the quarterback.
0: And he's like, "Hey, where am I supposed to be next?" And man, Duncan. He's, he's got some conies on him, man. He, yeah, he's being lifted off the ground, and he's just making fun of him. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's say like the the freak show or something. Sideshow, sideshow. Blob tosses him, and he's getting ready to murder him with a locker. Yeah, like he rips picks, the picks
1: up <laughs> and and I know we have some psychopaths like Joe Russo who listened to the show without watching the show. It's not like he picks up one singular locker. It's like the block of lockers that's like seven of them next to each other.
0: Yeah. But even if it was just one, one locker against a normal teenager's head
1: is going to cave
0: in. So that was going to happen, and then Jean saves him and apologizes for Duncan. That's where we find out it was him. Still unclear what Jean's whole thing with Duncan is, or maybe she's just free agent. You know, and I'm going to go with free agent. Like she, what you said last episode, she's very empathetic and helps Blob with his schedule very patiently. Under the guise, though, that we find out a little bit later that they've kind of been informed that they're trying to recruit him as well.
1: Well, she was with Wolverine in Texas, so she knows that he yeah. is a powered person. I think, unlike maybe an Xavier aspect of it, I don't think she's doing it in a sinister way, but I think she has to at least keep like a little bit of an air of, well, I can't say that I know who you are because then it's going to creep you out kind of thing. Yeah. Which isn't totally honest, but it's also like she's... She's being dishonest for the right reasons. She's being
0: super nice to him. She helps him all of those classes and stuff. But then, unfortunately, she kind of walks into like an incel trap, essentially, where she's a woman that's nice to a guy that's super insecure, and that doesn't play out well for her. Then we go to drama class, which I know we've joked about this already. I guess, the you know, theater kids write these episodes. So we always end up in... <laughs> these situations i didn't have drama class so this was an unrelatable situation for me but they're being paired off to do we
1: we didn't have drama class we had drama club so there was that we never we were never taught this stuff we we had english class and that would be it so yeah
0: and they're being paired off
1: i think they said randomly those of you who haven't picked a partner i'm going to randomly assign and it basically looked like his random assignment was oh those two people are closest to each other yeah
0: also the, the strange ones like yeah. the kid wears sunglasses all the time and she looks like she's never seen the
1: sun yep <laughs> it's two people that are scared of the sun that was yeah. the pairing <laughs> there it was go. a very judgy theater teacher
0: i was actually wondering like oh are they gonna give him one of those scenes where they have to like make out or something or be romantic to each other because ugh,
1: I don't they kind of did
0: yeah so they get paired and everybody's making fun of rogue under their breath that they're, they're they're just like she hasn't said a word since she got here and He's, he's that weird kid or whatever i think even scott looks back he's like are you okay with this
1: yeah and she's like yeah i'm not afraid of any of you and he's like i didn't ask if you were scared of me i just asked if you're okay
0: yeah you know which you know progressive for 2000 to be you know base level consent for no. something like a shakespearean scene or whatever
1: but then also she's like yeah just i'm fine i could take care of myself just make sure your weird friends keep their distance which i also get because she went through a pretty traumatic wasn't even like a full 24-hour period it felt like it was like a less than half a day when all that shit was hitting the fan with her
0: so this was the first bit where i was like mm-hmm. she does remember him yeah and what happened which okay so now we know like now i know what context of mindset i have to be in for the show is it's like that i don't know if it's strictly 2000s but i know it happened in the 2000s it was these shows where like everyone's enemies in real life but once they get into class, like a truce. Like
1: oh, they you. still do that. That was okay. the majority of Riverdale, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Because you, you remember that
0: movie, Sky High? Never right. saw and it. I was like, oh, really? I mean, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I like watching it. It's fun. It's, you know, it's teenage superheroes. But similar mm-hmm. thing, we're like the supervillains in the same class as you.
1: Why would we want to talk about teenage superheroes? Right.
0: <laughs> but I, I really liked it. The Big Bad was also in class with them and stuff, and the other enemies, the sidekicks and stuff. And they, it, they were all just like normal students. He said they had, like, weird little tricks in class, but as soon as, like, the bell rang, they're like, let's go fight, you know, Dragon Ball style in the sky. It was like, sure. So this is the universe we live in where Cyclops try to murder Rogue, or in her head, try to murder her, and then she's just kind of, like, mildly annoyed with him while in class.
1: Oh, I was right. In the last episode, I made a comment about this. So we find out Scott's buddy's name is Paul, and I put Paul sucks, (laughs) and then we cut over to the cafeteria and my comment is, Kitty is still a bitch.
0: Oh, yeah. She went from being, like, traumatized, or maybe this is her trauma response. She went from being super traumatized to just, like, yeah, super, I don't know. She's kind of a bitch, but just, like, I don't know. Just
1: It's hard just to like annoying. Kitty so far. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping me. there's an evolution to this character, because this version of Kitty I do not like, because... I love Kitty in the comics right now, especially her whole, like, I'm a marauder, I'm a, the fucking badass pirate Kate. This version of Kitty, I am not feeling right now. Blob is
0: just being gross with the lunch lady, which is an interesting note, if you don't know the context. This was a very, I feel like a 90s timed comedy bit, you know, where he's like, load me up. And he pushes his tray over and, and she starts getting a plate. He's like, we won't need plates. And then she just piles on a bunch like food that... I don't know why that combination would be in a high school lunchroom, you know, but it's like that comedic, like Scooby Doo makes a sandwich.
1: Right. Know, it I started know. out with things that looked like different colors of gruel, yeah. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's two giant foot long hoagies next to a cheeseburger and stuff yeah. like that.
0: He goes to sit down. Everything's so awkward, you know. It it. It's He's
1: also sitting at a table that's already like gross, and nobody busts their table after they left it. Yeah,
0: and by himself, no one else is at the table. That's a key thing because. He sits down and it catapults the food over at the jocks and it starts, this is definitely a 90s thing because I don't think I see this in movies anymore, where someone physically yells food fight in the corner of the screen, like the Mortal Kombat toasty guy.
1: Oh yeah, he literally pops in (laughs) at an angle that nobody would actually be able to stand. He's at a diagonal when he yells food fight.
0: And also directly, like speaking to camera, he's McMeta aware that there's a camera. He's like, food fight.
1: That was actually Deadpool. Right, yeah.
0: i would wouldn't that be crazy if that was a reveal later like this is a younger i
1: have no concept (laughs) if deadpool ever appears in this series if that kid turns into wade wilson that would be fucking amazing
0: it'd be hilarious
1: i would bet money it's not the case but that would be amazing oh
0: also a little moment i kind of skipped over too while bob's walking to that table by himself Kurt and Scott are talking about something totally different, just teenager stuff, and start laughing to each other. Yep. And as Blob's walking by, he's just his insecurity is like really, and you know this is not to blame him because I you know understand how it feels to feel like people are talking about you. He just assumes that they're laughing at him, and he doesn't do anything about it. But it, it's like the first thing that sets off like the fuse that goes off later with the food fight.
1: Yeah, I forgot what exactly they were. Oh, Nightcrawlers start making comments about the romantic combo between Cyclops and Rogue being paired together, and that's what they're laughing about. It, like, to your point, it literally has nothing to do with Blob, but they're looking in a general direction, and he interprets it as, oh, they must be laughing at me. Yeah. Because that's what he's used to from people treating him like shit. (laughs) Also, as the camera's panning over, you do notice that Rogue is sitting at the table that Toad is at.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice Toad being there.
1: Yeah, it was, like, really a quick pan over when it was, like, the wide shot at the beginning of the scene
0: so they're like he's still here we haven't forgotten about him
1: well it's also the mystique crew it's like yeah, these yeah. are the ones that she has tried to position to be around each other so mm-hmm. they're also like they're the outcasts like toad is a little on the gross side and like <laughs> nobody wants to hang out with him he's not a jock and obviously he's staying away from the x-men because he broke into the into the mansion yeah and then rogue isn't going to sit with the x-men and then i mean all the kids in the class were making fun of her for not having spoken to people so it's like where else is she gonna say it's either her by herself or her with toad you know yeah
0: and that's something else i forgot to say last episode was you know we i thought that the 92 x-men series was serialized this one took it to like another level where it feels like everything is like one and a half episodes long
1: it's it's the it's the buffy style man like that was they overlap a little bit There was always the overarching episode to episode aspects of it Uh you still had like the villain of the week the monster of the week and stuff like that but there was a stronger episode to episode narrative that you did have like carrying over so
0: it felt like so like last episode was about rogue's origin it happened for that whole episode but then didn't quite conclude but then carried over the a plot of the rogue thing became the b plot of this story
1: right and the same was with kitty where kitty yeah. in episode two was the introduction and then she was like she was there she was present and she's adjusting to being on the team she's not fully comfortable with it yet so yeah, yeah i, like, I kind of like that it's the one and a half episode the a plot becomes the b plot of the next episode mm-hmm. to me
0: Especially now that we have that we're like four episodes in, and we're seeing the introduction of Blob, like this ticking down of like it feels like this tension building up. Like, what is happening? Like, yeah. you know, all these like this is a
1: fucking horribly dysfunctional school, and nobody I has did. addressed this yet. Yeah.
0: So Kitty and Jean I had here use their powers in public, which was another yep. added to the bucket of like, how many people know about mutants here? or there's nobody paying nope. attention because of the food fight? I, think, I, that's more I than true. think
1: that's the concession because gene puts up like the tk shield to to not get hit with stuff kitty gets hit in the face and is like Fuck this and i think she says i'm not staying for dessert and then she just yeah. phases through the floor yeah which
0: yeah i i, I think because there have been versions of the x-men i remember i think i remember where they're so protective about it that it's just like if you know it's like toy story if we're around humans and you don't exhibit anything and then like i, I don't know so
1: yeah, Again, these but these are also the shitty teenager versions of them.
0: Yeah, so they're yeah they're just kind of like rebelling or, no. whatever, or they don't they don't actually probably not, this is the nineties.
1: So. It's obl- it's oblivious. I don't think yeah. it's even it like not caring implies like they're just like. Oh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I think they just don't even realize they're at risk when they do it.
0: Yeah, because I, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if it was just apathy. Because I think that was like probably the characteristic thing that came from our generation. like maybe we're a little like, too apathetic about things. But
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so wild that these characters are essentially the same age as us in this, except for you know Wolverine yeah. and Storm. Everybody is like running out of the building, and then Blob just picks up a table by the leg and is swinging it. It's like, well, that escalated into a full fledged riot really quickly.
0: Yeah, and he gets some food splashed in his eye, so he's kind of blinded.
1: Gene starts approaching him to calm him down, and he slips, and he just is like, "Well, gonna murder somebody again," which he's <laughs> he's trying to do twice in his first half day of school. He's gotta. Now I know world? why he was at the monster truck rally because the dude probably murdered somebody and ran away from home.
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> but that's I think that's before the cut commercial to commercial. Break. Yeah, and when they come back. We see Cyclops had materialized there and blasts away Blob a little bit. So oh, he,
1: he blasts the blasts the, the, table, the table out away. of because Blob just had the leg in his hand still.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And saves Gene, which it had to have set Blob off some more because you know he Korea kinda had a crush on Gene.
1: Right. Gene's trying to calm him. Scott is super on the defensive, so Even though at this point we are we know from, you know, the outsider's perspective that Scott is just looking after Gene as a friend, you know, if he has romantic feelings, it's not obvious, but he doesn't want his friend to be crushed by, you know, giant angry incel
0: and R- rogue is eavesdropping i don't know if it's on purpose necessarily but she's around the corner kind of hearing all this and you get the sense that she's a little bit jealous of what like gene and scott have even his friends so gene actually sends scott away he's like i got
1: this you don't have to be here and yeah then, he like, says he'll be he'll be nearby uh, he yeah. he's like i'm st- i'm not not totally abandoning you but i'm gonna respect you so
0: and so he starts walking away and then runs into rogue who was kind of accidentally eavesdropping and starts talking to her but then the principal interrupts and is like, what are you doing? You know, it just, like, kind of pops out of nowhere. Yeah. You get the sense of Mystique is, like, monitoring her team.
1: Yeah. I love that she's like, well, what were you doing? And they're like, nothing. We were talking. She's like, you better get to class. Technically, it's it looks like they're on yeah. schedule to be in their lunch session right now. So yeah. they're not actually doing anything wrong right now. Yeah. Also, principal, there was a large food fight. That you seem that to destroyed. not give a fuck about. <laughs> and it's not just a food fight. Like... Like, physical violence is also happening. Yeah,
0: there's broken the lunch tables and stuff.
1: A table is being lifted in the air and thrown.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, that happens right outside the room. Back inside the cafeteria, Jean talks to Blob and kind of gains his trust by showing him her powers. And is trying to sell him on the Institute, which she just, she goes gets straight to business at that point. She's like, I guess the moment that shit gets broken, you know, and violence yep. ensues, that's the moment.
1: And Fred also confesses that he has anger issues to Gene and stuff like that and that's why she's like well yeah we've all done that but you gotta learn to control it and that's kind of like her segue into like hey there's a spot that could help you with this mm-hmm. again right. always be closing right <laughs> everybody here's a fucking and, salesman and
0: this is not against gene this is more of a personal thing and maybe this is because of like you know 40 years of existence on earth i personally hate it when people say well everybody blah 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 it's yep. like, I know what you mean, but you don't know. Like you might know how it is to have superpowers in a world where it's not totally common, but you don't know how it means what it means to be like an eight foot like big guy that's always like in a sideshow thing and not a hot
1: redhead. It's (laughs) it's it's the conversation that we've had. Like you get the people who are passable, and then the people who stand out because of their powers. And somebody like Jean, while has endured shit, she cannot relate to somebody like a beast of the X-Men 92, a Blob of this world, or even a Nightcrawler of this world, to the point where they literally give Nightcrawler a way to disguise himself because of how hard it is for him. Yeah. Where she's like, to your point, she's the hot redhead.
0: Yeah. So I I was like, so if, if this were my screenplay, it would have been like, Blob tries to
1: murder Gene again.
0: That didn't happen. Uh,
1: <laughs> she does win him over. Basically, she says, when you're ready, which we, we've seen with Gene, like her approach is the... While it is a sell, it is not the hard sell. It is I'm giving you the opportunity, but you need to take the step.
0: And she leaves when she sees Scott come by, and she leaves her book bag behind, which yep. Bob takes. And it was really funny. I don't know because he's, he's a
1: he's well, he's about to to he's like Gene, and then he realizes Scott's there, and he's like, yeah, yeah, never yeah. mind.
0: Yep, and so he takes her book bag, and. She finds a picture of Gene and Scott, and it's kind of, I don't feel it's on purpose, but it was like the Wolverine.
1: Dude, survival. 100% same thought. 100% yeah. same thought when that popped up on screen. Because
0: he rips the photo in half, keeps Gene's part, and it has a, it, it had the same energy as
1: the. Yeah. Like, block when wing.
0: Yeah, Cyclops is waiting for is another Cyclops for yeah. me moment.
1: I mean, I. I hope we're going to be able to get members of the creative team of Evolution onto to this show, like we did with members of the X Men '92 team. I'm going to ask about that because that was such a, an amazing homage, and if it wasn't on purpose, that would shock me. Yeah,
0: or I, maybe I'm just now learning that Incels are part of Gene Gray's canon now too.
1: You're not going to call Wolverine an Incel. Oh uh, well, I mean, he had Wolverine hand. has banged so much. Sorry, You're off. fine. Lucy's wanting attention. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who are just listening to the audio portion of our podcast, oh, yeah. Spider Cat is attacking one of our hosts. All right.
0: She's just trying to get in the chair with me. There you go. All right. Yeah. Good. You might hear a little bell every once in a while. But yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. He, he rips the picture in half, takes the half with Gene, and then smudges his foot on the other half. And that's where it's like, the Wolverine shit was sad. This was like, oh, this is problematic. Yeah. 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 Like-, like this turned gross.
0: Gene, you're not safe. (laughs) Change schools. Immediately jump to him
1: waiting in the bushes for Gene outside of school.
0: (laughs) To ask her out. And it's not even that he's, you know, being awkward asking her. It's being in the bushes, but also he's like too aggressive with it. He's like, you want to go out sometime or whatever? And
1: she's. He specifically says, would you like to get a soda? I guess is also like super innocent feeling Mm -hmm. like that's where it's like oh not everything's clicking there like and that's where i think a part of him is at least there is a sympathetic aspect like he doesn't feel like he's a fucking andrew tate stand kind of scenario
0: not yet yeah although in a few moments
1: yeah so gina's with her friend taryn also like
0: another was that really her name her
1: name was taryn yep (laughs) that's hilarious
0: that he you know he asked in front of a friend We don't know if Jean's telling the truth or not, but it it reads true that she's busy that night because she's part of the fucking X Men, so who knows what they're supposed to be doing that night.
1: But of course, Jean's response has to be generic because she can't say, Oh, I'm training for my paramilitary group. Yeah, right. So she just says, Oh, no, I got stuff to do. And that's where, you know, what we keep referring to as the incel aspect keeps popping up. like, Stuff? Is that the best you could come up with? And it's like, you know, now that we've had conversations as adults about this, it's like, yeah, people could say stuff. You don't have the right to ask them yeah. for more information. Like, just fucking get over yourself.
0: Yeah, she could, she could have stuff, or she could not. just not want to. Yeah. Either way, it, it's fine. But he doesn't take that as an answer. Jean intelligently sends her friend away because she knows she's about to get
1: down. Right, and then, but to her friend's credit, she's like, "Are you sure?" Right, (laughs) and I feel like that was a level of teenage writing we weren't getting at the time, too. Mm -hmm. Like there is something that is more mature about it because if it was, you know, your very stereotypical like teen tween show, I feel like they would have been okay, cool, bye. Right, (laughs) like like the writing in Clueless, they would have been like, "Okay, cool, bye, I'll see you later." Yeah. I'm gonna abandon you.
0: And Gene's like, No, I'll be I'll be okay, which even then I still I don't know if I would have believed it. I'd be like, oh, are you sure
1: this, this Yeah, uh, this Taryn probably so could have pushed a little bit more, but yeah. at least she checked. <laughs> she did something. Who and knows? Gene probably psychically made her go away. That's what we'll go with.
0: But as soon as Karen's out of frame, I guess.
1: Karen, not Karen. What? Karen with a oh, T. Karen.
0: Oh, I said Karen. I thought it was Karen. That's why I said it was funny. Okay. Oh,
1: no, no, no. This is no. more of the fog. No, she was not oh. being a Karen. She was be <laughs> she was being a good friend.
0: Gotcha. Fred grabs Jean by the wrist and just physically drags her and you have to assume with the strength he's exhibited before that, that even at his like lightest must have physically hurt Jean because he's dragging her along
1: or it's just such a lock like you know lock in that she just can't pull out of it because she starts yeah. to struggle to pull back he tries
0: to force her to go with him on like a, a mandatory date he's dragged her to like the backside construction of the high school and there's like scaffolding and cinder blocks and stuff and Gene's like decides to just use anything at her disposal and starts like attacking with construction supplies and cinder blocks and stuff and
1: literally hits him with cinder blocks like in the head and it does nothing to him which I don't think we ever got that impression with the blob in the previous animated series because he was big but he was never, like, taking damage. It would just be like, oh, you couldn't move him, you know? Yeah. Or,
0: like, I think that you always use his belly as, like, the deflect like, stuff or whatever. But Yeah, the, yeah like, yeah,
1: you know, yeah somebody's shot. hand gets stuck in how, like, you know, gross he was. It backfires
0: because the scaffolding collapses. I thought Blob was going to shield her. I guess he kind of does, but not really. She gets knocked out through all it- of it.
1: It shields her from, like, massive bodily harm. Yes. She does
0: get concussed, though. It knocks Jean out. So if we weren't already not okay with Blob, this next moment, Gene wakes up, tied up. So he wasn't even doing, like, remotely the right thing of taking her to safety or something, you know? He's like, oh, now I'm definitely going on my date. Originally I read her being tied up in like ropes, but actually later, it was like
1: pipes or something. Yeah, like, he basically tied her with pipes to to the chair. So great. You <laughs> know. Well, he knows she has power, so to yeah, as true, dumb yeah. as he might be, he's like, Well, she could probably untie a rope with her fucking mind thingy, but she cannot untie pipes. Yeah.
0: And she psychically reaches out to Xavier. Um, yeah,
1: when she realized what's going on.
0: She's like, oh, no, not good things are about to happen. <laughs> no, this
1: is like a <laughs> <the laughs> step or two removed from Silence of the Lambs at this point. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, because if we, we didn't say it yet, it's like set up for there's like candles everywhere. There's a table for two. I mean, it's not nice.
1: It's in a warehouse that looks like it's abandoned. And there's just like creepy ambient lighting with half melted candles all over the room.
0: It's kind of like a scene from one of the early saw movies you're just expecting like jigsaw to come with the radio like if you want to live there's a saw in the other box you know
1: <laughs> the way she has to prove she wants to live is to make out with fucking fred and she's like i'll cut off my leg yeah can i just cut my <laughs> lips off because that would be better
0: back at the mansion kitty and nightcrawler are playing basically keep away yeah, um, it was, like was fo- football with powers. Logan and Xavier are like kind of coaching. Maybe this was like a hybrid recreational, but also kind of like a training thing where they're doing something physical. Yeah,
1: it was It was definitely supposed to be training, but it was like a fun version of training. They're trying to use their powers and, and Kitty keeps slipping away, but they're trying to teach her to pay attention to what she's doing because when she finally thinks that she got away, she runs like face first into a branch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's when xavier gets the message from gene this music cue that started here ends up following wolverine for the rest of this episode at least i don't know if it's going to stick with him but also i think is a variation of the theme song of the show and now i know why the theme song sounds kind of like so y2k yeah i I feel like the composer whoever did this cue at least was instructed to or highly influenced by a propeller head song that was in the matrix hallway shootout scene
1: okay Yep. yeah yeah
0: this it wasn't the same but it, it i felt like that was the assignment they were like we we don't have enough money to license propeller head can you get that sound so that whole that action sequence of them like we got to go save gene happened Mm -hmm. like that that music happened and then for the rest Mm -hmm. of the episode every time wolverine pulled up in a motorcycle that theme would pull
1: back up rod i have an assign i have an assignment for you Oh no! Okay, <laughs> just that on TikTok. I would love, I would love to see your comparison between the clips and TikTok. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You're like, I could do that. That's easy. I can try.
0: Yeah, yeah. As long as I remember, I know I'm going to be editing this later,
1: but we just well, that's the thing. I never trust my memory. doesn't doesn't have to happen in real time. You're good. Xavier sends Wolverine to go after Gene and sends Nightcrawler to go get Scott. Cyclops and Rogue
0: are going over the lines for that drama class that they're in. Cyclops is doing the assignment, and Rogue is. Doing her best not to be swooned, I guess, because Scott. <laughs> Cause she's like, oh, you are kind of cute. And he's like, we're acting in an <laughs> acting class, which has to be the biggest hit to your ego if you kind of have a thing for someone, right?
1: Scott traditionally sucks at reading the room. So it's, yeah. you know, I, I get, you know, he doesn't know that Kitty is checking him out. He doesn't know that Jean, this hell is checking him out. So
0: and this is another this was the scene that kind of cemented that they're very aware of each other or that she remembers their previous interaction because Rogue mentions to Scott that she wants to connect with people in the way that he can or anybody else can. They acknowledge the events of the whole Mystique recruit thing, but
1: But they don't have have the conversation of like, "Did you attack me?"
0: You know, "Why'd you try to kill me?" Or like, "Yeah." Once again, it's just that we have it on pause when we're on school grounds for some reason. Yeah,
1: they get interrupted by Nightcrawler, and then did you notice what she said? Basically, calls him an annoying little brother. Oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. So I didn't know what to take that. That's just supposed to be like foreshadowing. For, like the family that they're going to become
1: I I assume it is a foreshadowing scenario
0: because yeah, so yeah like I think we kind of established that we're feeling some of the older mutants in the show are probably junior maybe senior and then Kitty and Nightcrawler like at, least, at the very freshman least, sophomore and, yeah, yeah freshman energy the very least well
1: and... and also Kurt is a foreign exchange student so already by default <laughs> there was that trope of the foreign exchange student yeah. who is like goofier and more playful just because they weren't from here you know yeah yeah
0: yeah once again another not another teen movie thing except in there they were all naked too right well yes because it was
1: based (laughs) off it was based off of nadia from american pie yes
0: gotcha gotcha and so nightcrawler tells scott that gene's been taken and that like flips a switch and scott you know he's like all right boots up all right boots up i don't know what that wheels up wheels up (laughs) up.
1: but he also accuses rogue he's like did you know
0: yeah that's part of this conversation he takes like that truce off of the world school grinds he's like wait so you're messing around with like the the i don't know if you know he references mystique or not but he knows that she's on like a troubled side of things
1: well and it's one of those things where like i think it was just passive and you didn't notice the way they were sitting in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. he's associating her to toad but then we have the nerdiest line of the fucking episode they're like all right cool whatever we'll deal with you later kind of scenario and then they're like teleported to maximum aye aye captain i'm like I'm 99% sure that is a Star Trek reference.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. So Rogue is just like by herself now. She's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is kind of like the look she gave. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, oh. I could be in Mississippi, but no, I'm here with all these other fucking weirdos now. Right. We see Wolverine is at the school, does his smell check. Again, this Wolverine, he's, he's, he's a fucking tracker even more so than the previous series version of it. So he knows that they were there and he identifies, you know, oh, okay, blob definitely with her right now
0: xavier is briefing the x-men on everything that happened to school and for some reason they haven't pulled them out of school yet and he's like we don't know exactly where they are but here's the general vicinity
1: Yep. and i put that they they roll out like they're the fucking autobots where they cool you two of you are in one vehicle and the other one is going the other way so just go find them i guess
0: yeah think xavier's like i'll be safe here
1: he doesn't have the hover chair okay rod yeah. this this xavier has to deal with more shit than the 92 xavier
0: they find it pretty quickly because the next scene's at basically an abandoned factory kind of like a warehouse or
1: something and that's where blob has been forcing gene to go on this date she even says like you can't force somebody to like you and he says but i'm the strongest and it's like holy fucking andrew tate energy off of that shit. oh yeah like that's where it was like, oh, uh, now it's you've started, you've gone past that point of like, oh, you made a r- mistake. The empathy to you've had a rough life can only go so far when you've gone down that road, you know. Yeah,
0: or even yeah, I, that's I'm totally gonna subtweet somebody here. Yep, uh, one of our friends had a run in with another person that you probably run into too. That was like kind of in our circles of, of people that they they went on an inflammatory rant on Twitter that has since been deleted about how since he has been financially successful and stuff like american women owe it to him to like have his babies oh and so some, literally andrew tate energy yeah and yeah. so our, our friend was like what the fuck dude like we've known each other for you know like a decade and yeah like, why why would you say that and i think it was that frustration where he was like i have worked hard to become this i, I support my family We're like none of that has to do with a woman letting you put a baby in them like that's not a Yep. None nope. of that. Those those two
1: things are not correlated right. to each other.
0: But it's the same energy here where he's like, But I look at all the shit I did. I you know, I can I can take you to a monster truck rally anytime you want. In Texas. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I would rather die here.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh and then he's like, Okay, well I've got a surprise for you. And then that's when Wolverine arrives. Yeah, it's a Wolverine and Blob
0: fight. I don't have much to say about it. It's
1: well, like another, like, Wolverine X. literally is like, I'm here. And Professor X is like, cool, wait for backup. And he's oh, like, yeah,
0: yeah. no. And this is the Wolverine that we know. We this
1: is the Wolverine that episode, we know.
0: We yeah. saw it the last episode, we're like, oh, he immediately respected Xavier. We're like, that was weird. Yeah, apparently that was like a one-off thing. That was like a courtesy when he first returned to the mansion. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to so Wolverine's he.
0: credit, though, he's like, there's a young girl in danger. He doesn't I'm want to wait, wait
1: and put her more at risk. Xavier buzzes Scott, who's in his... Again, I'm not sure if it's a Corvette, but I feel like it's a classic You're Corvette. Right. And he, like, spins around and heads towards it. And then Wolverine arrives, and he does the X cut through the door to, to um, make his entrance.
0: I also love how it, ma- it does make sense, though. It's not just, like, a Zorro kind of, you know, thing. Okay. Like, if you had two things to do, one and two, that kind of makes sense to me, at least.
1: Okay, here's the only problem with it. Every time it's animated by anybody, they literally cross at the center at the same time, which is an impossibility because you would literally hit your own hands.
0: Gotcha. uh, It has to be like
1: one One two. 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 It's always
0: (laughs) somebody needs to animate the other side of the where he like just impales himself and then regrows a hand or something.
1: (laughs) He just cuts through his own hand
0: yeah he's like i heal man I we don't want it to be cool
1: we don't have any animation fans come on <laughs> right. we nobody we have some awesome people who comment on our stuff and you know will interact with us on on youtube and instagram and tiktok they'll yell at you we have not gotten somebody who's like i'm gonna do fan art of the dumb shit rod and john say right. <laughs> one day that's the dream
0: right there you go but at least it's enough of the distraction for gene to get away while wow. yep. Wolverine and, and Blob fight.
1: Blob's big surprise was he had just a record player, and he was gonna play music for her. Like right. that was his big romantic surprise to impress the girl that he's captured.
0: Listen, it's the right song, you know. Yeah. Most of men can work miracles.
1: So the, the my notes on the fight was fight. Lots of grunting. There so, was some. There was some aggressive noise that could definitely be put on top of a porno. <laughs> i was gonna say for, for do not amount, put that on the tiktok
0: for, for the lack of Jean moaning as she passes out that the 92 series has Ah, uh, there was a lot of that
1: in the 92 series yeah
0: yeah this one i guess made it up for the scene where it's like dudes grunting at each other can you even imagine what the adr session for that was like no <laughs> or maybe they just did dip into like the adult film audio library nope like, nope i'm going back to the <laughs> to the adr session cyclops shows up and blast blob and this is another testament to how strong Blob is or how early Scott is in his powers because Blob is able to resist it and then yeah. throw Wolverine at yeah. Cyclops.
1: And this is what I mentioned in the in the previous episode. We get a really good view of Cyclops' blast and a lot of the conversations of the season have been about control and control of their powers, whether it's one of the X-Men not having control or whether it's one of the people who's finding out about their power for the first time. And the blast literally gives me kylo ren lightsaber energy because it is not that tight sharp crisp blast it's like there's energy sparking out of the sides of this thing yeah it's super unstable when he gets hit with wolverine which that's gotta fucking
0: hurt right because we've established before he's like a million pounds or something
1: i think he's like canonically like 300 pounds because of the adamantium or something like that that's
0: a a lot to drop on a person
1: Especially, and, like, a slim teenager. Yeah. But it knocks the visor off of him.
0: They did another, like, cinematic shot. Oh, the, the the cheek touch? Yeah, where Rogue shows up and you just yep. see her hand, but you know it's her. Mostly because her hand is so pale. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unless you are colorblind, you knew that that was yeah. Rogue's hand.
0: And she touches Scott on the cheek and the music cue and stuff. It was a really rock and roll moment. Yeah. Of, of like, she's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to do this myself.
1: And then they come back into the little office that Blob had made as their date location. And she just sends a filing cabinet at his fucking face.
0: I was wondering about that. So this right before this scene this is where we see Jean reveals that they weren't ropes tied around her. Cause she's right. trying to bend the pipes that are wrapped around her. And then she gets that file cabinet out. And I was like, Oh, she's going to try to use this to break out of the room. I was like, no, she's out for revenge now.
1: I mean, I understandably. Yeah. So yeah. like if you're, if you're ever in a scenario where you are, being held hostage you fucking do everything you can you don't just sit there and be like it'll be okay no like yeah. murder a motherfucker at that point
0: <laughs> yeah but it, it doesn't do much to him he's kind of he's able to kind of deflect it i mean he just got like blasted by that you know force blast anyway and it, it barely phased him
1: he gets ready to be like all right fuck this i tried to play nice you didn't like me so now i'm gonna crush you and then we get the other optic blast that comes out from Ro.
0: and she seems to have more control over it because she's not wearing a visor but it's staying contained on her face
1: did you read that online no i, I am so it. proud of you that was um, literally one of the things that was written as trivia because it's like she and maybe it's because it was a smaller dose of the power but okay. she controls it way better than scott is able to because he literally needs the glasses for it mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah and then he i think blob Makes a comment about her makeup, and I guess I could have gone either way. That she it's saying that she like maybe like wears makeup to make herself that pale. I thought it was more of her eyes glowing is like kind of a joke about that. Maybe the black lipstick or something. I don't know. Yeah, her eyes. She seemed to be able to like contain it almost telekinetically mm-hmm. in like a range of her face. And, and Blob makes like a jab. It's like oh, I don't like your your makeup or whatever.
1: They start going back and forth, and you realize that both of them are connected to Mystique, and they are revealing it to each other. And basically like Blob being like, well, she, she prefers me. Rogue essentially says, well, Mystique didn't let you know that my power is I could absorb more than one power at a time. And that's when she just blasts the shit out of Blob. But
0: that she absorbs a little bit of him first, right? Yes. And, and then, Yeah, and then blasts him away. But like, I thought he was going to die because it was like beam in the sky out yeah. of sight.
1: Like, like was it was feeling. like anime battle beam in the yeah. sky. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then he lands in like I'm guessing a trash dump. I thought maybe it was going to be one of those you know ships, the barges. But it, it, yeah. it didn't zoom out far enough. It looked like it was more of a dump.
1: But it was on the right. water. It was definitely on the water, and there were a ton of seagulls. And I started having flashbacks to the mine scene from Viney uh, from Finding Nemo. Yeah, and yeah. he starts screaming. That the seagulls are laughing at him. And then he proceeds to try to kill a seagull. He misses, but he throws something at one of the seagulls. I like that
0: the seagulls are winning. So he just, no. can't, he just can't catch a break in this episode.
1: So Rogue is back with the X-Men and is essentially like, yep, it took a short-term dose of your power. She's revealing what could be seen as a weakness or, what, or even just knowing somebody's powers. She's opening up a little bit to them. And then they go back to one of the quotes from the play about her being kind of his like little bit of an angel. It's not in the guardian angel side. It's like the, oh, are you on the side of like angels or demons kind of scenario? Then she says that she doesn't know why she helped. And then she runs off.
0: I wonder if they're going to play on down the road, play on the fact that as she's absorbing people, she's also absorbing their experiences. right? So I, I don't know if they're going to go into it in the show that maybe she becomes gradually more empathetic the more she's because now she has Scott's whole like, you know, part of his life, at least. And maybe they won't go as deep with it. But he, she also has several villains in her head. And right. She's like in that middle ground and she's kind of kind of maybe be this antihero in the sh- series.
1: If she absorbed a short term dose of him, she may have been able to just get even that. Oh, he has no memory of attacking me at the graveyard a week ago. Yeah. So maybe that's a piece of it too.
0: Yeah, and then Gene tries to go after her, but Logan stops. And, you know, it is this thing that we've carried over from the 92 series too is that Logan has probably the most experience, life experience out of all the X Men. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's just like, she's going to need to decide to do this on her own to go but also she still has the communicator thing yeah we'll see we literally don't know what happens
1: after this no i kind of love that part of it because again this is its own alternate world and while they're they are taking certain aspects of characters it's a narrative i haven't seen before so it's it's exciting for me like this isn't even like x-men 92 where you know those characters have had crossover versions into the comics and stuff like that like this is Entirely its own continuity,
0: so it's a I, it's a tone shift. But I kind of like how fresh it is. Of you know the ninety two X Men series, part of the charm of it was like how campy it was. And I don't feel hardly any sense, maybe a little bit, but hardly any of that sense here. They're just playing a really cool, yeah. You know, everything's like that, like two Y two K futuristic kind of vibe and everybody's kind of being smart ass even the way kitty's being annoying is very like of the time and of her age i think the only real jokes they make are like when the blob is supposed to be goofy or something
1: and it's him being goofy because he's clumsy and awkward it doesn't go full slapstick they they edge on it like when they're like oh here's the tray filled with a lot of plates but it's not like full-fledged scooby-doo
0: but that's where we we leave off at and i don't know did we accidentally go over all the trivia already there were only there were only the (laughs) two
1: it was, it was the comment about the one that you said. Why am I blanking already oh, on
0: Rogue and controlling the power? Yep. Recyclops' power.
1: Right. And then the other one about the annoying little brother reference.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, for- possible foreshadowing. Yeah. It, we don't know.
1: I mean, the fact that we literally have more information about, you know, Mystique and Irene in this show than we did in X-Men 92, I, I can't see a world where that isn't touched on. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have... Nightcrawler as a main cast member here, and unlike 92, where he was in three episodes, or actually only yeah. two episodes. Yeah. There was three for us because of the Slepsky epic. Oh, yeah, I dig it.
0: It's kind of funny that the more serious show is the one where everybody's younger, but I guess that was, once again, the time. This was the, the renaissance of the, the young adult adventures.
1: This was the, the Buffy era. This was all the teen movies were coming out in this era and stuff like that. It was before the super... Howard aspects of it came out like the, mm-hmm. the 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 hard sci-fi wasn't there yet
0: any other thoughts then or
1: no i mean it's it's been it's been an interesting ride so far and you know we've talked about this on on the previous series but like you know i'm the guy who's still buying seven or eight books a week at my local comic book shop. And I love this take on the X-Men because the only teenager stories I'm getting out of the X-Men are when it's a different team. It's like the new mutants where they're training the kids on Krakoa, but I'm not getting young Cyclops, young Jean, even Kitty. Like, you know, Kitty's basically God, she's got to be the equivalent of 30 right now in the comics because she is she has literally dated Star Lord, you know, like shit has gone wild so world, man. Yeah. yeah yeah kitty dated star lord in the comics
0: maybe we'll get that in the future of the mcu we don't know
1: i mean he's <laughs> he's still there you know yeah.
0: well i guess tune in next week because you'll learn with us what happens like in the show myself as well so far so Thanks for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them in the comments. I was going to take commercials for some reason. Man, it is the end of the night.
1: Drop them in the commercials for this episode. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or CastBox, whatever that is.
1: Still there.